We got one more uh, order of family business before we get into the message today. I'm going to invite Colby up here. Um, I'm going to, yes. <laughs> um, we're going to have a moment where probably we'll have a little bit of tears. Uh, yeah. So uh, Colby... Uh, has been a, a gift to this community. She has, has grown up in this community and learned to walk with the Lord in this community. And more recently, she has been on our staff serving as our communications person. So everything that you see with graphics and website, uh, behind the scenes, this is the lady doing all of that stuff. And uh, Colby uh, will be stepping out this Friday, I believe, and will be heading to California to uh, the Bethel School of Ministry. And, and so we are uh, humbled to be... <laughs> We're humbled to be a part of your story and your journey. We're thankful. We've been blessed by who you are, and we honor you in that today. You have been a gift to us. Not just in the things that you do, and not just a website, but your presence, who you are as a person, the way you walk with Jesus, the way you trust him. We thank you for that. Thank you for being an example of somebody who trusts the Lord and press into what he wants for your life. And we pray for favor and blessing on you as you step into this next chapter, that his presence would be so tangible to you in this transition. And I, and I know that what, what that school of ministry is getting down there is our best. And so we commission you and send you. Uh, will you join me in praying for, for Colby? Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for the gift of Colby. This is uh, a gift that you have provided to this community, and we just thank you. We praise you for that. And we pray uh, for your peace and your power to surround and fill Colby as she steps into uh, a new thing in this year. That you would go before her, that you would give her the confidence and the courage to trust that you are orchestrating her steps and that you know what's in front of her and can provide what she needs. Lord, bless her in that. Beyond measure, God, bless her in that. Lord, I, I pray for favor on her new relationships that she'll build that you would continue to speak to her and transform her and make her more like you. We thank you for her, and we bless her today in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Love you, Colby. <laughs> Tears are good. All right, grab your Bible and turn to 3 John. It's almost near the end of the Bible. Uh, if you're on your phone this morning, that information is irrelevant. Just type in 3 John. Uh, it's a weird world we're living in. <laughs> we're going to wrap up a series that we started a couple weeks ago called The Letters. And over the summer, as a church, we looked at the Gospel of John and his recollection of his journey with Jesus, and we decided to kind of stay with John uh, as he began to write letters to encourage his friends and fellow believers. And 
Today we're going to look at 3 John. We, we spent the first two weeks in 1 John, and now we're in 3 John. And you may be asking, well, what about 2 John? Uh, this is not an attempt to not look at 2 John. Uh, it's a valuable letter. I recommend reading it. Uh, but in the grand scheme of the three letters, Second John has very similar encouragements as First John. And so uh, I would encourage you to just go back and read Second John sometime this week. In fact, read First John again. Read Third John again. Uh, if, if Sunday morning is the only place that you're encountering the scriptures, you're going to be incredibly malnourished spiritually. So, uh, yeah, yes, here, let's reflect on them together as a community, but let's also be devoted to the scriptures on a personal level. Amen? Amen. Today, this uh, letter, is, it's very personal. First John was also personal, but it was, its application was a little more broad. It was meant to be read to the community of faith. And 3 John is unique because it's addressed to an individual. And this will be the difference between uh, receiving a mass mailer in your, your mailbox. Everybody loves mass mailers. You're like, man, the amount of paper that just goes directly from that mailbox into the recycle bin is incredible. Uh, this would be like opening your mailbox and seeing a letter that is personally addressed to you by handwriting that you recognize. Is meaningful. So here's, here's the letter. 3 John, starting in verse 1. It says this, The elder to the beloved guys whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So right, right off the bat, it, apparently John had received word. He was probably in Ephesus at this time. He received word that Gaius, who is a, an elder, an overseer, somebody who is helping facilitate a community of faith, he overhears or gets the, the news or a letter that he is doing a great job living for Jesus, that, that he's walking with him, that he's living in the light. He's not living in the darkness. That he's following the ways of God and not the ways of the world. And, and John receives this news and was so moved by what he heard about Gaius that he decided to write a letter to him personally to encourage him. I am praying for you, friend. I've, I've heard about your life. I've heard about the way you're living. And I want you to know that I, I'm excited for you. I'm proud of you. And nothing brings me greater joy than to hear that you're living the way that you're living. And, and this, this act of writing this encouragement, it wasn't a simple task. I think it's easy to miss this in reading it from our standpoint. But this wasn't a text message that was sent. This, we didn't, they didn't have the same type of mail system that we have. To, to send this letter of encouragement took quite a bit. He first had to find the materials to even write this letter, which again was not an easy thing to do. And then he had to find somebody to carry the letter from where he was to where Gaius was which was a very scary thing to do, carrying a message encouraging people to walk in Jesus, especially amongst the culture that they lived in. And yet it was so important for John to get this encouragement to Gaius that he did all of this. And I, and I love this. He did this because he wanted to encourage a fellow believer. <laughs> so good. And, and this is important. And I wonder how often it, it can be overlooked uh, or maybe under-practiced in our lives, 
this idea of encouraging. We need to be encouraged in our faith regularly. Amen? Amen. Living for Jesus, following Jesus, is not for the faint of heart. Following Jesus will not be easy always. And we all need to hear, good job, I see the way that you're living. (laughs) I see the way that you're walking. I'm proud of you, way to go. And many of the the New Testament letters actually function in this way, if you think about it. They they were written, a lot of these epistles were written to correct and shape and guide the church, but a lot of those letters, you know what's filled in a lot of those letters? It's a lot of encouragement, saying keep it up. Keep fighting for the faith. Keep believing that Jesus is on the move, that, that he still cares, that he's still healing, that he's still restoring. A lot of the letters functioned in this way. I can tell you in my own life personally that there's been a number of people over the years that have been this kind of encouragement to me personally. That prayer warriors, people who have supported and encouraged, and too many to count, but there's one lady in particular uh, that lives back in my hometown, West Branch, and, and she's a nurse and has been a nurse for many years. She's known me since I was a little baby. And every year she continues to pray and encourage and send letters to, to me and my family to, to say, hey, we're still praying for you. We're, we're still lifting you up before the Lord. And when I open my mailbox and I see that the letter is from Jerry Stevens, you know what it does in my, for my faith? It lifts me up. It encouraged me, and it's amazing to me how God has worked through Jerry Stevens and her husband in moments where maybe I'm having a rough week or a rough month, and I open the mailbox, and I see her name, and my faith is lifted. God is so good that way, but he does that through us, through our encouragement and support for one another. If you've been walking with the Lord for a while, and maybe you're feeling a little bit disconnected, or you're trying to figure out, what is my part to play Maybe you're dialing in the energy thing and like, what does it look like? Things are moving so fast. How do I keep up? You may be wondering, what part can I play? If you're hungry for God to use you in this season of your life, can I just give you a simple encouragement and commission today? Find somebody around you. Find a younger person around you. Find a young family. And look them in the eyes, write them a letter, make them a meal, and say, I'm praying for you. And I'm for you as you live out your faith in Jesus. If you need anything, I just want you to know I'm here for you. That will go a long ways in building up the body of Christ. How can we be a people that go out of our way to encourage and strengthen one another in our faith? Verse 5, let's continue. Beloved, it's a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Again, this is just more of the same. John is further emphasizing what we just talked about. He's honoring Gaius' efforts to care for believers and fellow missionaries who are carrying the gospel to the rest of the world. He, he, apparently he's practicing hospitality. He's inviting people into, the, into his home and he's caring for them. And John says, good job. Some of these guys you don't even know, but you've shown them hospitality. And, and that sounds a lot like Jesus. And so keep it up. Keep up the good work. 
Now, at this point in the letter, uh, it takes a, an interesting turn. <laughs> Up to this point, there's a lot of encouragement, a lot of, way to go, keep going. But John, in this section, he, he, uh, he brings some hard truth to Gaius and to someone in particular. There are many things in your life that you will be remembered for. And, and a lot of those things are good, but you know what? Sometimes there's things in our lives that maybe we don't want to be remembered for. And this is true in the scriptures. When you read the scriptures, there's all these heroes of faith that you're like, I am so inspired by the way they live. But there's some people in scripture that are used as examples of what not to be. John's about to give us one. Verse 9. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I'll bring up what he's doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. <laughs> so, lots of good stuff was happening with Gaius and his church, but it was still a community of human beings. And it wasn't all good. There was plenty of things being worked out. There were certain individuals creating problems. Enter diatrephes. Diatrephes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Look at how John describes him. Three things that he mentions. <clears throat> he likes to put himself first. He does not acknowledge authority. He talks wicked nonsense about leadership. John, John calls this guy out by name and says, hey, if I come to your church, I'm going to call this guy to account for his behavior. Yikes. Permission for some real talk this morning? The spirit of diatrephes, it lives on today. This sort of thing is always taking place in the community of faith, unfortunately. There, there's something within us as human beings that if it goes unchecked, will fall in line with this kind of attitude, this kind of behavior. Which, by the way, is in opposition to what it means to follow Jesus, right? Jesus, who submitted himself to the will of the Father, who chose to serve, not be served, and prayed for those in positions of leadership. The way that we individually live out our faith in this community has great influence. The way you live out your faith in Jesus has great influence. And so it's worth asking the question, is my life building up the community of faith? Is my life encouraging and building the community of faith? Or is my life creating division and dissension in the community of faith? I think the last few years have actually exposed a whole lot within the body of Christ that doesn't look anything like Jesus. When things got really difficult, a whole lot of division took place. Did you witness this? Everyone went to their own corner to fight for their own way. And this continues to happen today. The, the challenges that we experienced and still are experiencing, they, they aren't creating the problem. They're simply revealing what's already beneath the surface. 
That's what's kind of scary about it. It can remain hidden. In, in Young Life, they used to say, you don't really know what's in your bucket until someone kicks it over. <laughs> Let's just say buckets have been kicked in the last few years, right? And we found out what's underneath the surface. These are, we're talking about heart issues, heart issues. And John writes to Gaius, and he calls it out directly. He says, this guy is causing problems in your community, and here's why. He's, he's elevating himself. He's, he's not a person under authority, and he's spreading nonsense. Now, I'm embarrassed to say that I can give an example of my life where John could have written this letter about me. Many years ago, I served on a team that went through a significant uh, leadership change, and it brought all sorts of changes, which is expected if you've ever been in a leadership position or you're serving and you've watched leadership change. Guess what? When a leader changes, things change. With me? And that can be challenging. That can be hard. We've all experienced this in our lives. Well, as I watched these changes happen, I was 26, 27 years old, and I was thinking, well, I've been here for four or five years. I know a thing or two. And I began to watch the decisions that were being made, and I became highly critical, skeptical, and disconnected from the people I was serving with. I stopped fully engaging in the conversation. I would, I would be sitting in the room as things were being discussed, and I would be physically present, but my heart was not in the room. I was, I was not offering all that I was to be a support and to be a help. Now, there was things going on, and there always is. There was things going on in the grand scheme of things. Some of it was not very good, but here's the truth. I was responsible for my heart and my behavior, and I can tell you my heart was not in the right place. That season, my heart was not very Jesus-like. And like John points out in the letter, I was self-promoting. I thought my ways were going to be the right ways to take us where we needed to go. And I, was not, and I was not a person living under leadership and under authority. And it felt really nice. Here's what it felt nice. It felt so nice to connect with other people around me that had the same kind of dissenting opinions that I had. Ooh. Right? Ooh, you think this too? Oh, yeah. We should link arms together. Oh, you're feeling this way too? Man, maybe we should just like create a little club. It feels so good, right? But it's so destructive. Now, to be clear, when John talks about these things, he's not talking necessarily about doctrinal issues or, or vital things when it comes to faith. He's talking about preferential things. If it was doctrinal issues... The scriptures are, I mean, they come down hard on those. And they should be addressed and dealt with. He's talking about a dissension that's creating this problem. It's like leaven that, that goes through the whole loaf. It creates big, bigger issues as it grows. When I read a text like 3 John, I'm reminded of how quickly my heart can drift. And in this way, the scriptures actually do what Paul said they'd do to to Timothy in 2 Timothy, they correct and they train me into right living. So reading this text makes me look in the mirror and go, huh, where is this present in my heart? And how is it guiding me? How is it correcting me? How is it training me into right living before God and other people? It's like uh, the bumpers in a bowling alley, right? I took my kids bowling uh, when we were back in Michigan. 
and we put up those little bumpers, and my kids would get up there, and they would throw the ball sometimes down the lane, sometimes other places, but if they got it into the middle of the lane, that ball would start careening down towards the pins, but it rarely went straight down. It, it would hit the bumpers, and the bumpers kept pushing it in the right direction. The scriptures, as we, as we engage in them, and they're a part of our lives, they act like that, right? They, they help train us and coach us because, man, we're like that ball that's going all over the place. We need that kind of support and help. If we're headed off course into the gutter, we're reminded of who we are, who God is, and what it means to be His and walk with Him. And so, as we read this text today, is there course correction that's needed? I'm asking myself this today. Is there, is there a course correction in my heart? Is, is, is the Holy Spirit bumping up to something within me that is not submitted to Him? How's your heart this morning? Think about how, how you function in your workplace. Think about your heart posture at home. Think about your heart posture in this community of faith. If John were writing a letter to us today and he was talking about you, what would he say? Would he say, man, keep it up. I, I hear that you're being hospitable. I hear that you're caring for people. I hear that you're laying your life down to serve. Man, it's amazing. I'm telling all my friends about how God is working so powerfully through you. Or would he write a letter and go, ah, oh, I got a few things. I got to choose a couple. Man, man, uh, uh. Would he call out a drift in our hearts, in our attitude? Friends, this is where the rubber meets the road in our faith. And I, and I won't sugarcoat it. We either ignore hard truth and end up in the gutter, or we're broken by hard truth, surrender, and are transformed. That's how the truth works. It's like you said in First John. We encounter the light. We encounter who Jesus is. We encounter who we're called to be. And he exposes the darkness. We accept the reality that maybe we've missed the mark in a different way. And we surrender to Jesus. And we allow him to change us and transform us and heal us. That's, that's the journey of following Jesus. And what John addresses in this letter, it actually goes completely against the grain of everything the world we live in is teaching us to believe. John says, don't put yourself first. Don't elevate yourself. The world says, self-promotion is how you make a way. It's, it's how you become known. It's how you get to the top. It's how you build your brand. You have to promote yourself. John says, come under authority. Have a posture to serve. The world says, you're your own authority. Chart your own course. A submitted heart is weak. Be the king. John says, don't gossip and spread negativity. The world says, build a platform on gossip and negativity. R rally people who are like you. Build a team to fight for your cause. When you choose to follow Jesus, your life goes against the grain. And maybe you've been walking with Jesus for some time, and you know what I'm talking about. You, you understand the friction that's caused by just waking up every morning and saying, I follow Jesus. I follow the way of Jesus. And maybe today, maybe the Lord is, is doing some surgery in us today. He, he may be calling us to pick up some things today. 
to step into some things today. He, he may also be calling us on some things that maybe we're headed towards the gutter, and he's saying, hey, we'll, we need to talk about this today. There's some course correction here. Maybe today you're newer to the faith story. Maybe Jesus is talking to you today to say, just come and follow me. Maybe you've tried following the ways of the world and it's just led to discouragement and depression and hopelessness and you're done doing that. And you hear about this guy who can lead you, that can change your life, that can transform you. And you would say, I want to follow that guy today. Let, let me encourage you. That's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. But don't be surprised when you say yes to Jesus that it'll create fr friction in your life. There will be friction because we're living against the grain. We're all called to follow in the way of Jesus, to lay our lives down and to serve. John concludes this letter. Here's how he concludes it, verse 11. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. Today, I'm humbled to be able to speak to you face to face. Face to face. And I simply echo John's encouragement today. Do not imitate evil. Imitate good. Be somebody who brings life. Be somebody who encourages. Be somebody who comes alongside. And today, if there's conviction, allow space for the Lord to heal and restore and redirect. Amen. <laughs> She's like, I testify, I testify. I love it. Worship team, you guys can join me as we close. Uh,